0: Good morning, everyone. It's so good that you're here with us this morning as we are in the second week as we explore God's promises. Before we get to the message today, I would ask if you would bow your heads and pray with me. Almighty God, our rock, our redeemer, we gather today in the name of Jesus. Father, we gather in the beautiful, wonderful name of Jesus, your Son. We gather to sing your praises We gather together through the miracle of technology. We thank you for the technology that we have today that we can together while separately gather in this online platform to praise you and worship you. But we also gather this morning to be instructed by you. We ask you this morning to give us courage to increase our faith, to help us see in this time of crisis that you are still God and you are still working, that you are still our refuge and strength. Father, I ask that this morning, and I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart would be truly pleasing in your sight. My God, my rock, our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, one of the things that I love about this pandemic, and I know that sounds strange, but one of the things that I love is the music that has come out of it. You know, there are artists from all across the world that are putting together these impromptu concerts in their home and streaming it free online for everybody to see. And artists from around the world are collaborating and and doing some world-class things on YouTube and Facebook Live. And last week, we got to appreciate the, the musicians of Trinity doing a beautiful rendition of How Great Thou Art and How Great is Our God. What an amazing thing technology is, but what an amazing thing music is. Music has the power in the middle of social distancing and and sheltering in place. It it has the power to comfort us and to encourage us. Have you seen the images and the videos of those Italian residents sheltering in place and, and throwing these impromptu group sings on their balconies? It's amazing to watch And those things are popping up all over the United States. Even though we're separated physically, music provides us an opportunity to connect and to communicate. You see, it's often in times like these and in crisis that we turn to music. It's in times like these that some of the greatest songs of history have been written, not just during these times, but in response to times like these. And it's the same thing in the Bible. And the best example of that can be found in the Psalms. The Psalms are a collection of songs and stories about individuals and peoples who are facing some of their toughest challenges. And these people have recorded these songs and they've passed them down through the generations so that future generations would know the love and the faithfulness of God as they face their own tough times. The great thing about the Psalms also is that they are songs. They're meant to be sung. And at the same time, they are the inspired word of God, which is why John Calvin writes this. He says, Singing them, that is the Psalms, we may be sure that our words come from God, just as if He were to sing in us for His own exaltation. Some of the church's most favorite songs have been inspired by the Psalms. Martin Luther's How Mighty Fortress Is Our God comes straight out of the Psalms. But not just our hymns, our contemporary music as well. Read the lyrics, you will find the Psalms dripping from them. And so today, we want to turn to one of those songs. It's a song you heard read earlier, Psalm 46. Psalm 46, we see, is a story about a people who are rejoicing because God has done something amazing. And we know it's amazing because they're saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if the seas roar up and, and break up against us. It doesn't matter if the world shakes and, and the mountains fall into the sea. It doesn't matter. We're not going to be afraid. Because God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. It doesn't matter if nations rise up and conspire together and march against us. We won't be afraid of that either because we know that God only needs speak and they will be destroyed. For God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Do you hear how they talk about refuge? They say our refuge is not a place, but a person. It's not a thing, it's not a place, it's not a bank account, but it's a person. What an amazing picture they give us. But one of the things this story doesn't give us is right here it doesn't tell us what this thing was. But scholars tell us they believe that this was, ca- this was written to record the happenings of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we read the story of the, the kingdom of Judah and its king, Jehoshaphat. Now, there's a name that will make you tough on the playground, Jehoshaphat. But Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah, the southern half of the divided kingdom of Israel, And we're told that he's a good king, he's a righteous king, and he did what was right in the eyes of God. And one day we're told that these men come into his presence and they say, King Jehoshaphat, we have a big problem. Three of the world's powers have risen up together and they have formed a military alliance against us. And their armies are together marching against us right now. They're coming here to destroy us. King Jehoshaphat, what will we do? What will we do? What will we do? And we read in the story his reaction. It says, he was afraid. That's right, he was afraid. Wouldn't you be? But the thing that he does next is something that we don't tend to do. See, rather than run around and make plans and kind of figure out what we're going to do next, point fingers, and, 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 and make plans. King Jehoshaphat, we're told, turns his face toward God. In other words, he gets down on his knees and he prays to the Lord. He consults him first before he does anything else. You see, but that's what a good king does, and that's what separates a good king from the bad kings in Judah. The good kings, when they had difficult decisions to make, when they faced times of crisis like this, when they faced these decisions, they went to the Lord first before they did anything else. The bad kings, they ran around asking friends, asking advisors, consulting mediums, getting their palms read, and they did what they wanted to do. But not the good kings. They went to the Lord before they did anything else. You see, it's interesting that when we face similar things like Jehoshaphat has faced, that oftentimes our emotion is fear, as as it is normal. But oftentimes we let that fear, we let that emotion affect and, and direct our decisions and our actions and our reactions to the situation, oftentimes making it worse. When if we follow what a good king does and in the midst of that fear we drop to our knees and we pray to God in that prayer we're reminded that God is God and he is still on his throne and that he is working all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. That's what a good king does. But then he gets up and he calls the nation unto himself and he says to the nation, we should have a fast and we should consult the Lord. And so he calls the people to himself and in the midst of this assembly of the entire nation, he stands before them and he says these words, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the, of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can stand against you. Our God did not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. You did that, our God. And then he goes on to tell the people that, of their predicament. He says, these three armies are, are coming against us. And then he says something amazing. He says, and we don't have the power to defeat them. He says, we don't know what to do. But he says, but our eyes are on you. Now think about that. If you were in that crowd and your leader stood up and said, we don't know what to do, does that instill confidence? Are you not sitting there going, wait a minute, isn't that why we elected you? Is to know what to do in situations like this? But see, Joseph Fat knew exactly what to do. Because it says, while we don't know what to do, Our eyes are on you because you know what we should do. And so what do they do? They stand there. You see, when they didn't know what to do, what did they do? They looked up. When we find ourselves in similar circumstances, when we find ourselves now today in the middle of this pandemic, when we're afraid, when we don't know what to do, what do we do? We look up. And we look for a word from the Lord. And that's exactly what they did. We're told that after they looked up, they stood there and they waited to hear a word from God. And a word from God came. The prophet in Chronicles turns to the people, turns to Jehoshaphat, and he says, this is not your battle, but God's battle. And then we're told the people do something amazing. We're told the entire nation bows down and worships God. They hold a worship service. While the enemy is marching toward them every minute getting closer, they hold a worship service. And they stand up and they shout God's praises. In the middle of this pandemic, oftentimes we're saying, well, I can't wait till this is over because then we'll really get to worship God. In fact, we say, you know what, God, you get me out of this mess and I'll come to church every Sunday. In fact, you get me out of this financial mess and I'll I'll tithe. I might even tithe off the gross. And I've even said, I can't wait for this to be over so that we can worship together again. What a great service that will be. And I believe it will be, but what a great service this is today. What an opportunity we have today. In the midst of that calamity, they worship God. With the enemy at the door, they worship God. With the pandemic on our front steps, should we not worship God and take the opportunity that technology provides us and be able to worship God? Let us not take this day for granted. Let us enjoy the opportunity that we have to worship the one true God. That's what they did. And then Jehoshaphat takes his army, and he sends them off to fight against these three armies. And he takes men and he puts them in front of this army. And so as they go out marching, they're shouting these words, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And you can hear the crowd and the army yelling, give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. And you know this is not going to be a sneak attack. Because they would have been heard from miles away. But as they come to the rim of this place where they were encamped below, you can hear and see the soldiers one by one becoming quiet as they look down upon this army below them. Because what they saw was the aftermath of a great battle. See, they had been destroyed. While they were praying and worshiping and marching, God was working we're told that he confused them and he turned them against themselves and they destroyed one another so that when the army arrives, all they see is the aftermath and the silence had to have been incredible. And in that silence, do you think maybe the words of the prophet came ringing in their ears? The battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. And as it started to sink in, what had happened, you can start to hear the rumble start to come back up and they're shouting and they're praising God and they're going, oh my goodness. And we're told that as they march back to Jerusalem, they're shouting joyously, which sounds like an understatement, but that's what they're doing. And you can imagine this scribe getting back into his house and, and chronicling everything that God had done for them that day. And you can hear him recalling back what Jehoshaphat has done. Remember what he did? Remember what he did? When he was confronted by this, and instead of running around, what did he do? He dropped to his knees and prayed. And maybe that inspired him to write these words, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Now this phrase here, be still, does not say do nothing. This word here really means stop striving. Relax let go and know that I am God and know that God has the power to fix this. It's when we're still and we turn to the one true God, the one that has the power to overcome this pandemic. It's when we're still, we're reminded that he is God. You see, the whole time that they were marching, The whole time they were marching and praying and worshiping, God was working, but they didn't see it. They couldn't perceive it. Not until they got to the battlefield, and all they saw was the aftermath. See, what we see here is God is working even when you can't perceive it. In the middle of this pandemic, God is working. Even though you can't perceive it, God is working. And you're saying, well, maybe, how do we know that? How do we know for sure that God is working in the midst of all this? Well, look at Jehoshaphat and the kingdom of Judah. How did they go forward? How did they muster the courage? How did they know? Remember what Jehoshaphat said in Chronicles chapter 20? He turned to them, and the first thing he said was, remember who God is. Not only remember who God is, but remember what God has done. The fact that we live in this land is because God said it would be so. And he gave us this land before we ever set foot on it. The land that we live in is because God has made it so. Do you want to know how to go forward? How to know that what God is doing? The prophet's saying the way forward is to look back. The way forward to know that this is what God is doing is to look back to see what God has done, to be reminded of his faithfulness, of his love. These stories in the scriptures are full of those reminders of God's love and his faithfulness for his people time and time and time again. God rescues. God shows up. God defeats the enemy. God is faithful. You want to know how to go forward in this pandemic? look back, and see what God has done and what he promises to do. All these stories, all of these stories tell of the love and the faithfulness of God. And they all point forward to another story, a story where there's another enemy, an enemy that's coming for all of us, and none of us, individually or collectively, have the power to withstand it. And its name is death. And death is coming for us because we all suffer from the same disease, a disease the Bible calls sin, for which there is no human cure. And we're all infected. There is no human way out, but that hasn't stopped us from trying to figure it out. Or trying to find our way out of it, or trying to defeat this enemy on our own. But if we're honest, where we find ourselves is back where we started and in the need of a Savior. Brothers and sisters, today we praise God. Because just like God did for Jehoshaphat in the kingdom of Judah, God has done for us. God has found a way, and He has defeated the enemy. And his name, the way, is Jesus. Jesus is our refuge and our strength. It is God in the person of Jesus who came to earth and defeated the enemy. He did so by unconventional means. He did so by giving his life in place of mine and yours. He gave his life up for us. He is our refuge and strength. He defeated sin and death. And he rose from the dead and he says in John that because I live, you also will live. Because I live, you also will live. Praise God. Jesus is our refuge. And because Jesus defeated our enemies, when we come to the battlefield, what we see is an empty cross and an empty tomb. For the battle. Battle's over. Jesus has won. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever present help in times of trouble. You know, I believe when we look back upon COVID 19, I believe we, the church, we, the people of God, will have a new song to sing, a song that extols the faithfulness and the love of God. A song to add to other songs to tell the generations to come of the faithfulness of God, the love of God, so that when they face their trials, they can be reassured that God is their refuge and their strength and their help. Today, as we close, I would ask you, With me, recite the words of this song. Recite these words as we remember, as we recall the battle that Jesus won for you and I. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease, the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen.